Listen, all you New Yorkers. You Taxi. Okay, we're looking around. This is the 77 WABC minicast. With us today is Steve Cates, otherwise known as Dr. Sky, with an update. What's going on on Mars, the moon, up in the skies? Steve, tell us, give us an update. What's going on? John, there's so much in this month here as we move out of February and move into March. But here we go, a quick analysis of the moon landers. Notice I said landers that we both experienced during the month of February, the Japanese slim lander and the U.S. Odysseus lander, that, of course, both of them, fortunately, as we've reported here on, you know, your particular uh, radio show, listeners around the nation and around the world, on the Cats Roundtable, both of them, in case people don't know, tried to land but actually fell on their side, which is totally amazing. But here's and I know I know we had a discussion one night that uh, it, it was the dumbest thing I ever uh, <laughs> saw that they built a completely vertical uh, yes. without the ability to adjust because right. if one leg was in the uh, in the crater, it's going to fall. Absolutely, it's too tall. And you're right. Look at the old lunar landers of the Apollo era, John. Those legs are spread out far and wide on a spacecraft that's not as tall with the probability like these of leaning over. But the good news for the landers, even though they're kind of half uh, functioning, is that both the Japanese slim lander and the Odysseus are still sending back, well, little bits of data here. But what's so interesting about this, the Japanese lander actually woke up after the long lunar night. By the way, the temperatures there on the moon get down well below 200, below zero Fahrenheit, and they're operating on batteries. But what's really interesting about this is that that particular lander also has, interesting enough, a ham radio station that's sending out a signal at 437.41 megahertz. Not that that means too much to people out there, but the bottom line on this is we find out that both the Nova Sea Odysseus lander, which is on its side, and the other lunar lander that I mentioned before, it's interesting. We obviously need to make a big change, as you mentioned, in how we get down onto the surface of the moon without this unfair, you know, toppling over. That is very, very sad. Well, let's, okay. ta- let's take advice. Let's take advice from the space aliens, flying saucers. They're big, round, and across, and they come down slowly. They can't tip over. Absolutely. And they have one advantage that we haven't figured out yet, John, and that's anti-gravity. Well, we, I told you once already. <laughs> Uh, I have some information that we do have anti-gravity, but we're not telling anybody yet. Well, John, I hope that becomes a reality sooner than later. But here's a quick analysis. Space missions for 2024. We can expect that SpaceX's Starship will get another series of test you know, vehicles to get up above and hopefully get their Starship, you know, actual spacecraft out into orbit around the Earth. They've been doing the best they can. Elon Musk now with the most powerful rocket in the world. But how about this, John? The Chinese are actually going to launch in 2024 their own version of the Hubble Space Telescope and the giant Webb Telescope. So get set for stories about that as they peer deeper into the universe. But, John, we know that you're telling me this is a very popular segment, and I agree. But the mystery of the week is what we're talking about today. And here's another one. When the universe was formed 13.77 billion years ago, we found out that, well, the universe is expanding. But what's it expanding into? Now, how about this? Astronomers and cosmologists believe that there's something way out there in space. I'm talking about outside maybe where the envelope of expansion is, or maybe we don't know. It's called the Great Attractor. 
And what's that, John? It's an area in the universe where all of the galaxies, like ours and the whole cluster of them, is actually actually moving toward one direction. And how about this? This massive supergalactic cluster of thousands and hundreds of thousands of galaxies is called the Ilaniakea Galaxy Cluster. So what I want to make sure that everybody heard me say is that the universe is not just moving outward like a bubble, like an expanding balloon, but our galaxy and others are moving toward another region of space we call that the great attractor. Isn't that mind-boggling? Well, I, I hate to disagree because uh, you're a good friend. There's no way they would know that. That's strictly well, speculation. Think about it. It's strictly speculation. Well, it's John, expanding. You're right on something. It, it, it is expanding somewhere, and it's the other discussion I had uh, yes. uh, this morning with a, with a friend of mine who wrote a, a, a book about God. And I said, of course there's a God. Of course there's a creator. Because Earth and human beings are too complicated to be an accident. Well, that's a good way to look at it, John. And I agree with you 100%. But the only evidence that we have for this, at least right now from the astronomers, is that they can actually detect this thing called a red shift. And what's that? That's a shift that they see, meaning the farther an object is out, the faster it's moving away. But in this particular case, they're mapping points as if you looked at, you know, little pegs on a wall. They're noticing that a good percentage of those are actually moving into another direction, not just expanding like a balloon would. But the jury's still out as we were talking about this. But it's amazing, John, to know that the outer edge of the universe right now is what they think they know, that is scientists, is that it's about 93 billion light years as that expansive end, whatever it's expanding into. That is quite mind-boggling in my estimation. Totally well, S- Steve Cates, Dr. Sky, thank you for, uh, you know, shaking up our minds a little bit this morning. And uh, <laughs> we always welcome you because things are going on up there that we don't know about. And hopefully before it's time for us to go, that we learn a little bit more. Well, John, thank you for having me here on the Cats Roundtable as we open people's minds. Check our Dr. Sky experience at WABCRadio.com as we count down the big eclipse that's just around the corner. Thank you so much. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.